In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me who's like rock star, out of this world, Emmy award-winning producer, speaker, coach, video marketing expert, shark. Like He's just like the bomb.com. Brandon T. Adams. How are you, my friend? You know, I'm going to pay you later for that. Call me the shark, the bomb. I'm going to bring you to all my events. You're going to be my hype woman. <laughs> Don't say that because I'll actually be there and I'll be there with like, I know you would. (laughs) Such a blessing to have you here today, my friend. I'm like, I've heard snippets of your story when we were down in Florida together and I'm just so excited to have you here and honored to have you here. So thank you so much for being here. I had a lot of fun with you in Florida and I can't get out of my nose or my head when I opened that freezer that was full of food and electricity was turned off in that one apartment. Oh my golly, that was horrible. (laughs) That smell is still ingrained in my nostrils. I will tell you that. I, and then we just ran out of there. We found all the ramen on the floor. And we were just like, okay, it's out. We left. Oh man, you got to love it though. You never know what you find in these real estate projects. Right? You never know what you're going to find. It's That's the world of real estate. I mean, not everybody can handle it, but the ones that do handle it, they can make out pretty well like yourself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That was a blast. But today I'm, I'm just so honored to have you here, Brandon. And like, just your journey in general, like you are just like a serial entrepreneur by trade, a shark, so much more amazingness. What led you on your journey to where you are today? Loaded question. I know. <laughs> yeah. It was selling ice for a living. I sold frozen water, believe it or not. And everybody says, oh, can you sell ice to an Eskimo? Yes, I could. So I learned how to sell ice. My dad grew up in a small town in Iowa, and I was born and raised in Garneville, Iowa. My dad was always an entrepreneur, but in 1986, he started a business called Adam's Ice Service. And so it was like cubed ice, bagged ice. He would buy wholesale. He would distribute it to bars, restaurants, different special events. So ever since I was born, literally a little kid, I was carrying bags of ice back to the truck, and I was helping my dad in the ice business. And so that was my beginning, and that's where I really understand the power of selling the power of customer relationships, the power of relationships. And my dad always taught me that go above and beyond for people, treat them like family, but also customer service. One thing in the ice business is during the holidays, I mean, 70% of our revenue came between Memorial and Labor Day weekend. Mm. And so those weekends, I was always working. Fourth of July week, we were working. And so one thing we told our customers, we might have charge more for our product. But we said, you will never be out of product because in the hot weather and also during the holidays, a lot of our competition, their stores, the people they would supply to would run out of ice, meaning they would lose out in sales. So what we did is we made sure they would never run out of ice. And what that consisted of is me working like hundred hour weeks. We were delivering nice late at night. And so that going above and beyond for your client 
really just stuck with me for the rest of my life and everything that I do. And so did the ice business, went to college. I didn't do well. My entrepreneurial endeavors were selling moonshine in the dorm rooms. <laughs> that was like my fun time. I got a 1.68 GPA my freshman year. I got kicked out of the dorms for fighting and I had to leave the dorms. And I was really going down the wrong path. But then I read this book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Go Rich. And the book made me realize, and by the way, anybody watching, listen to this, go buy the book. If you read the whole book, reach out to me and we'll do a call and we'll talk about the book. The book completely changed my life. And what a guy by the name of Napoleon Hill did is he went and he dedicated his life to sharing with the world the philosophies of success and what it takes to achieve success. He interviewed Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford, you name it, all these different people, and he put it into principles. And so the 13 principles of success, there's actually 17 of them, but 13 in the book, there's the extra ones not everybody knows about. But what I did is I soaked this book up and I realized that I don't have to be the smartest person. I don't have to have a 4.0. What I need is a burning desire to have success in life. I got to know what I want. And if I surround myself with the right people, I can get whatever I want in life. So that book changed my thought process, which led to me realizing I can do whatever I want. I mean, growing up in a town of 700 people, you don't actually believe I could go, let's say, become a millionaire or go be the next world changer because you just don't know what's beyond that small town. And so by reading the book, it opened up what I thought was possible and made me look at life differently and what I did on a regular basis. And so what I ended up doing, which led me kind of where I'm at today, is I started being really motivated and working on different things. And one of the first things I did was I I got into crowdfunding. So I was helping people raise money online, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. And the key component to that crowdfunding was the video we created. So we created a video that told a story, got their attention, got people to give us money for our project. And so I ended up becoming known in the crowdfunding space because I helped some very influential people raise money on platforms And then crowdfunding led to me realizing, oh, I want to do more of this video stuff. Mm -hmm. So then I went on to go produce different TV shows, all my own TV shows. And then the coolest thing I did was that book that I had read, I ended up going on to help produce a movie on it called Thinking Your It's a Legacy. So that all happened. I mean, that book led me to doing all these other things because I learned there's a couple of things I'll throw out here specialized knowledge. I realized I had to have specialized knowledge. What was my specialized knowledge? It was raising money and been filming things, not me, myself, but bringing a team together and then mastermind who you surround yourself with. I surrounded myself with world changers, which allowed me to get there. Persistence. You have to be persistent. You're going to get a lot of no's as you know. So you have to be persistent when you do. And then the burning desire, having a burning desire to achieve what you want. So where did I begin? Where did it start for me? It started slinging ice, working a lot of hours, getting paid by the hour to figure out how to make money while I sleep and working smarter and really using my efforts to bring a team together to achieve big things. And that's where I am today. I love it. Oh my God. Your journey is so out of this world. Amazing. And like we share that parallel of being in family business when we were younger And kind of growing up with that, you know, for me, it was the restaurant world when I was 10 years old, right? And then, but that teaches you so much. Like you don't think that those skills translate. And a lot of people, they just like hold back on talking about it. You know, like if they were a waitress or a waiter or whatever, you know what I mean? Like all of these experiences that you have really do shape you and the skills that you can build 
are unreal. Because you said like all your persuasion skills, your customer service skills, everything translated, right? A hundred percent. It all translated. It made me, I'm so grateful. Like I'm grateful. I grew up in a small town. I'm grateful. I had a father mentor and it did allow me to understand the foundation of business. And so I needed that, you know, and then going to the book that ultimately led me to working with the world leaders out there, the billionaires and the, the sharks. And so, yeah, it's quite a journey. I mean, I'm, I'm super grateful for the journey and, and where it's going. Oh my God. I can't wait to get into all that. But first I have to ask you the burning question of what did you want to be when you were, when you were a kid? What was your dream? Yeah. Well, I achieved it too. So when I was in kindergarten, they asked you to write down what you want to be when you grow up. I drew a picture of myself and I drew a picture of my dad. And then I put a, a big ice truck and I had a bunch of ice bags in it. And I always said, I wanted to go into business with my dad when I grew up. And so ultimately when I got out of college at two, in 2014, I actually bought the business from my father. So I first went into business and then I bought the business from my father outright. And then I sold the business in 2019. So that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an Iceman. And then I became one. It was really cool. That's amazing. And you mentioned your father being your mentor, which is another parallel that we have. Because my father was like that person. He's like, Pam, I'm like seven years old. And he's like, you're going to stand on your own two feet you're going to be a leader. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. He's like, you're not going to need anyone. He's like, you're going to learn all the skills. Like you got this, you got this. So it's just amazing to have those cheerleaders in, in our corner and they play such a big role on who we become. So your father, you had mentioned he was like your mentor in the game. So like, what are some of the most important things that, that he sort of taught you? Yeah. So my father, sometimes it was things he taught me, but sometimes there's things I noticed that he did. Mm. So I watched him hustle, I watched him work hard, but I also like one thing he told me is he said, son, he always tried to stray me away from the ice business. He said, use your head, not your back. And I think about that all the time because mm -hmm. now I get paid a lot for communicating and using this. And so I used to do the tedious labor all the time. And so I learned that from my father, but I also, like I said before, I learned the power of being a good business person, going above and beyond for your clients and customer service, like customer service could relate to relationships. So business relationships, customer service. He would always, even like he would do every year, he would do his customer appreciation in my parents' cabin. He would have food and drinks and to me, he'd do stuff like that. But also he did little things for the clients that he had. He was always making them feel good and, and doing things above and beyond that people would expect. And that, how I relate that in today, like my friends, I'll buy them a birthday dinner or I'll get them their favorite cigars or I will do things for them that most people wouldn't do because I just, I believe in it. I really think you should just add massive value to other people and go above and beyond. And you can create a great experience for somebody and add value to them. They're going to want to work with you forever. And you got to have fun. I don't do business with people. I can't see myself. I would have to see myself inviting them over for dinner. If I can't envision that, I don't want to work with them. Yep. Amen. I love that. I love that so much. And now you mentioned like, you transitioned into college and you were kind of, what did you say, 1.68 GPA? 1.68. <laughs> How was that in going from like the, from the business then going into college? Because it, it's weird. Like college is like that transformational time in your life where you're like, who am I? Where am I going? What am I doing? Right? So you're in this like abyss of trying to figure out all these different things and you're on your own. So it's like totally different and you're disconnected. So what was that experience like for you? 
Some people do. I mean, growing up in a small town and then you go to college, you have freedom, sex, mm. drugs, alcohol. <laughs> I mean, that, that was what I did. I mean, I, in high school, I think I got like a 3.9. I didn't have to study or anything. And then once I went to college, I thought I could just show up and things go. Well, I found out that you have to go to class. And I found out you did have to study. That's why I got a 1.6 GPA. And that's where I was struggling. You know, it, it's funny, though. I want to share a story with you. So I, I figured it out. I got through college, got my piece of paper, which, by the way, I don't even know where it's at, <laughs> whatever diploma. And so I learned so much more through my business failures than I did at college. But I'm grateful for the connections I had at college. But I'll tell you, I had, after I graduated, I had wanted to get, I had thought at one time getting my MBA, and I don't know why. I think it was just a sexy term, MBA. But I did do a couple, I did one marketing class at, for graduate school. And so when I went in, I told the professor, I said, I'm paying for this. I was paying out of pocket. I said, I just want to learn some things for you. I honestly don't really care that much about my grade, and I'm not going to make every class. I just want to learn specific things for marketing my own stuff. I told him that going into it. And so I didn't go to all the classes. I, I took away what I wanted. And when it came to the final exam, I told him, like, you even want me to show up because I did not study. <laughs> I'm probably going to bomb it. He's like, show up. I did it. And I literally half the answers I probably guessed. Like, I was just like, like, I'm a street smart guy and I, I'm smart in certain areas. But when it comes to some of this stuff, I'm very bad at taking tests. Mm -hmm. So I handed it in and he passed me with a C. But here's the part that's funny. Two years later, I got asked by the, the College of Business to go speak at the university. And I go and speak in front of all these people about success. And I look in the audience and there's the guy that passed me with a C. And I just thought to myself, grades don't fucking matter. It comes down to like, what are you doing with your knowledge? What action are you taking? And so I think that's a big thing I got out of college is I realized I have to take action. Like just because I have the degree and all that stuff, that doesn't really get you a job anymore. I mean, it helps if you're going to go do a nine to five, but as an entrepreneur, somebody that really wants to go make a name for themselves in life, you have to be willing to think on your feet. You have to be willing to take risks and, and fail and you have to take action. And that's the one thing I just got really good at taking a lot of action. Thank you so much for sharing that because it's really important because I want people to understand who are listening that like no matter where you're at in life, right? Even if you are going through those experiences or going through hardships or whatever, you're not the smartest kid in the room or just all these different things, right? Like it is possible for you to do it. Like look at you, you were speaking in front of the university in front of the professor that gave you a C, right? Like how baller is that? But, and then also that you took your motivation and like you read that book and you applied yourself. Like, yes, it is possible to transition from like a crap part of your life to go out there and be successful. You don't have to be the smartest kid in the room. I say that all the time. Hustle outbeats talent every single day of the week. Yeah. How talented you are. Good for you. If you don't apply yourself, it means nothing. Right. And like anybody who's hustling harder than you, they're the ones that are going to go out there and get it. Like, that's just the name of the game. So I love that you did that throughout your process and pulled yourself out of the situation you were in in college and just killing it. Took action and surrounded myself with the right people and got the right mentors. I love that. And then you ended up creating a movie. And there's just so much I want to talk about with you. It's so exciting. So post-college after, so you were talking about the crowdfunding and all that a little bit. So walk me through a little bit what happened post-college and how you sort of really dove into your career. Yeah. So there's a couple steps there. So one part of it is my last semester of college, I 
came up with this concept called Arctic Stick, a product to cool and flavor drinks. It was another product I want to introduce to the ice market. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find a way to make more money in the ice business. So I ended up spending three and a half years and a hundred grand to get into market. It's on Amazon. It cools and flavors drinks. It didn't ever make me a lot of money, but what it did do is it led me to crowdfunding. So the last leg of funding, I did a crowdfunding campaign for it. And then I realized that, hey, this is 2014. So I saw where the market was going. I knew that crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, this world was going to become a bigger thing. And I said, there's an opportunity for me to be an expert in this space and become the go-to person. Mm. And so what I did is I became obsessed with it, started interviewing people, started like researching, doing campaigns, and I built a business out of it. And then what I did is I, my first big break I had was I helped a guy named John Lee Dubitz from Entrepreneurs on Fire. We did a book campaign called the Freedom Journal. And so we raised on Kickstarter $453,000 in 33 days. It became one of the biggest campaigns of its time. And so once I did that with that person, all of a sudden, all these people wanted to work with me. And so that opened my doors up. And so I got to work with these other influential people, which then I became the go-to person for crowdfunding. And so that's really how I built my brand in the space. But where the film came, like I said before, we were creating these videos for the people, our clients. And I realized I really liked being in front of the camera. But what happened is back in 2016, I had a guy that came to me and he said, if you help me crowdfund, I have a pilot run of a TV show, he said, called Ambitious Adventures. And he said, if you help me crowdfund this, I'll make you my co-host and we'll do it together. And I said, yes. I helped him raise the money for it. We created the show wow. and then it became a success. And then I started doing another show. And then what happened is for the Thinking Your Rich component, the Thinking Your Rich team were 30% in filming this movie called Thinking Your Rich Legacy. They came to me and said, hey, you help us fundraise this. We will collaborate with you on this. We see you're a big Thinking Your Rich fan. And I did that knowing, okay, I'm going to get in the movie. And also I'm going to become a producer and a big part of this. I became a more big part of it than I thought I would. And so then we released the movie, Think of Your Rich Legacy. I mean, some people in there, which I'm sure you know, Grant Cardone, Barbara Corkin, Kevin Harrington, Grant, I said Grant, Lewis Howes, Tim Story, you name it. And so we did that. And then I realized, okay, I want to do my own stuff. So I started crowdfunding my own stuff and then, and not on a campaign internally, like how I know how to raise money. And so that's where I led to doing the show Success in Your City with my wife. So we traveled the country, filmed this TV series around success, filmed it, shot it, three episodes on Amazon, and then we wrote a book on it. So that was a journey. That's how I got into it. But I, I took my, again, my specialized knowledge, and I utilized it to get into opportunities I normally couldn't get into. And then I started realizing, okay, I'm just going to do it for my own stuff. And that, that's what I do now. That's amazing. Oh my God. And it's just like one thing led to another, led to another. Entrepreneurs always face this. What were the first couple of years like as an entrepreneur building that <laughs> business? Because everyone's like, sucks from here to here. Right. And it's like, I want to make sure everyone knows that the real process of what it was. So I, okay. It did suck, but I also don't want to say that because I do enjoy the times during it. But I mean, I almost went bankrupt a couple of times <laughs> for a while there. I didn't know how to price things. I didn't, I was like begging people to work for me. I didn't know how to make money. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how to price it right. I didn't understand how to scale something. I was just trying to pay the bills. I'll tell you what happened. So another reason what got me into crowdfunding is back in 2014, I had this idea to create this product development company called Adams Product Innovation. And my girlfriend now wife today, she 
was living in Winona, Minnesota, I was in Iowa and I said, hey, leave your full-time job. We're going to start this company together. And I got this funding to back it up. And so she left her full-time job. We moved to Des Moines, Iowa together. And we had an office picked out. We had everything set up. And the last minute, like once we moved in and everything, I'm like, oh my God, this is, there was my gut feeling told me this is not going to work. Like I needed, it wasn't going to work. It was hard for me because I'm the kind of person to say, hey, if I'm going to do something, I'd do it. I had to eat my pride (laughs) and never followed that endeavor. And then figured out, then I was in a position like, how am I going to pay rent? I'm in this apartment, everything else. And I also just told my girlfriend to follow me and now I have no job for her. So it was definitely a very difficult, I felt like a fucking loser piece of shit. Like, I'm like, what did I just do? And so what I found out is when you hit rock bottom like that, you're forced to figure things out. You get these superhuman powers. When you're put up against the wall, you're going to figure it out. And so I went to what I knew. And what it was is I had studied crowdfunding. I saw what it was. I had thought about doing a campaign before. I also had my invention. I said, okay, I'm going to do a crowdfunding campaign for this product. And that's what we're going to do. So we did it. And then the campaign raised money. It wasn't a lot, but it made me realize, okay, I can become the expert in this. Mm -hmm. So I share that because you look at, I went to go start this business and it failed. But sometimes our failures are a success in disguise. It happens for us. And so that got me into crowdfunding. If that wouldn't happen, I would have never produced TV shows. I never did movies. And, and so another part of that story is my wife now, we were working in business together and we still do stuff together. But because things didn't work out for us there, she was forced to go figure out what to do for herself. So she went and worked front desk for a while at a gym. Well, that led to her becoming a trainer and now empowering women. So think about what happens for us, not against us. In the moment, it seems like, man, that sucks. Life's coming to an end. But I always ask myself now, God, what's happening for me now? Like, what can I learn from this and how can I use this to get better? Because after you have enough of those experiences, you know it's a part of the journey. And so that just gives me a different perspective now. When I hit a a wall... I say, okay, what can I learn from this? And how can I use this to go even farther? Amazing. I absolutely love everything you just said. That's incredible. What is working for you, not against you, right? Because oftentimes we find ourselves reacting, right? And you're just like, I always tell them, I'm like, and and myself, right? Like I have to be, you have to be your own cheerleader sometimes (laughs) when you're you're up against the wall. And you got to tell yourself, I can't see why this is happening right now, but there's a reason for it. So like, I'll find out later, but just don't freak out right now. Right. And just like you said, what's yeah. happening for you? I'm going to remember that. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I just love how you shared your raw story of like, okay, yeah, it's not all like butterflies and happiness and all the stuff because the stuff that you're up to now is like unreal. So I would love to hear a bit more about that. But before we get to that, I would love to hear your top tips about, you know, for people who want to raise capital for their business or do crowdfunding or any of that, like what would yeah. be the biggest tips? So I would say have a good idea first. It's got to be an idea that's going to bring value to whoever you're raising money for, whether it's an investor or a product. Like what's the value proposition and why is your idea different? Mm-hmm. And also who's your team? I get pitched to all the time. And, and the one thing I learned from my business partner, Kevin Harrington, is the dream team. Who's the dream team and who's going to be a part of it? So that's what I would say. Make sure you have your team in place because people invest in teams 
And then it's just going to take a lot of work. I mean, for crowdfunding, we had to prepare prior to the campaign, doing marketing, doing ads. Once the campaign started, it's an even harder push. Whatever you think it's going to take times it by 10. And most people underestimate what it actually takes to have success in crowdfunding, fundraising. Raising money isn't easy. You got to really have a great value proposition and you got to really show the value there and people got to believe in you. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you had mentioned something and this came from the Think and Grow Rich book, but, you know, how did you start surrounding yourself with the right people yeah. to make your dreams come true? You know, cause I mean, that, that's a whole skill and talent within itself. Yeah. So one thing I did and I still do today is I write down names who are five or 10 people that I want to be like one day who are five or 10 people that already achieve what I want to achieve. I research them. I read their books. I listen to their podcast shows. I find out what makes them tick. I, I find ways I can support them. And so I serve them. And a lot of people, what they do is they want to work with certain people and they will say, Hey, can you help me? Can you mentor me? Which is good and all. Some people will do that. But when you're working with the big dogs and you're working with people that have hundreds of people reaching out a day, that doesn't stand out. You know what stands out? Finding ways to help them, but not just finding ways to actually doing it. And so for me, I served the right people, very influential people that now I'm in business with. It was a long game. But greatest example, like I knew that I wanted to eventually work with Kevin Harrington because I saw him on Shark Tank. I saw his background and, and what he's done, and he supported a lot of young entrepreneurs. And so what I did is I researched him. I read his books, everything. Well, I reached out to his team, and I, I wanted him to speak at my event. So I asked. They told me his fee, which I didn't have at the time. And then after four months back and forth showing my persistence, I eventually figured out a deal where I hired him. And when I made the commitment and paid the first check, I didn't know how I was going to make the next check to get it there. <laughs> but I did because I knew I'd figure it out. He flew into Iowa. I paid the fee, wine and dine, created a great experience for them in front of a group of people. So 500 people there. And so he really got time to see who I was, but also I paid him. I provided a great experience for him. And then I found other ways to help him. Then mm -hmm. we launched a book together called Put a Shark in Your Tank. We crowdfunded it. And then he became the executive producer of my TV show. Now, I mean, we have equity in eight different companies together. And so we became partners, but it came from a place of serving and helping and always showing up. If somebody, you want to know the quickest way to get somebody's attention, pay them. People that get paid, pay attention. Donate to their charity. Buy a couple hundred of their books. I guarantee you they'll listen. Versus you saying, hey, I got a great opportunity, but you don't do shit. So what can you do to help them? I know it's like, what's in it for me? It almost psychology behind it. When you have so many people wanting something from you, the quickest way to stand out is to actually do something for that person. And then they will reciprocate and they will end up doing more for you than you did for them. That's amazing. I love that you touched on that because there's a lot of like giver taker mentalities, right? So that, you know, the givers, what you're describing is literally a giver mentality. You're giving. You're giving, you're giving. And then the, you know, the law of reciprocity kicks in where it's always what you give out, you'll get back like tenfold. It's just the name of the game. Right. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, often our society is just like, take, 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 take. Like, and I can't tell you how many people consult with me and they're just like, oh, I want this, this, and this. And then it's like, okay, bye. Have a nice day. And I'm like, and like you said, these people get inundated too. Like somebody like Kevin, I'm sure he hears like hundreds of, like, I can't even imagine how many pitches he's, he's heard, you know? It's a lot. It's a lot. 
50,000 he's heard, over 50,000 he's heard. What does that even come down to per day? I don't even <laughs> It's a lot. I mean, he's got a lot of years of business. I mean, I'll give you an example. We did a clubhouse a couple months ago, and there was 3,000 people live. Between Kevin, his son Brian, and myself, we had over 600 DMs slash emails with pitch decks and pitches. It's insane. One clubhouse. One clubhouse today. Wow, that's unreal. No, I, I love what you described with the giver mentality because that's how you get in front of these people, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how you add val- value when you're genuine, being genuine and authentic, you know. But you also, too, you can't come in. A, I don't like it where somebody comes in where they want to do something for somebody and then they expect, hey, I do this for you, you do this for me. I don't like that mentality. Okay. I have this mentality of I want to do something for somebody. And if it comes back or not, whatever. But I know it's going to come back. But I have the mentality now, I just always, I have this habit of always want to help people, whether it's an introduction or or whatnot, because it does come back in return. But I don't like, hey, I did that for you. Now you owe me this favor. Right. Yeah. Favor, favors are no fun. But, but with the law of reciprocity, it doesn't necessarily mean that person's going to feed you, you know, right back. But the universe itself will always bring you tenfold. That's what's really important to remember. That is a very important distinction. Thank you for mentioning that because some people may take this as like, oh yeah, this is how it's going to, no, you don't know how the universe is going to bring it back to you when you're giving to somebody else. So things without expectation, that is a key. I absolutely love that. Now, Brandon, like what, sort of things like what's your day-to-day look like and and what are the types of projects and everything that you're working on at, at this point in time it depends i mean when the lockdown hit and then covid it changed up my schedule a little bit because i was going from speaking every week to not speaking but i, I actually speaking is going to open up again in the last 24 hours I've, i booked out two events so i mean I, they're starting to open up now but what my day looks like is if i'm home i have a schedule i'll wake up at five i'll read i'll pray i'll work out I'll do my own thing. I will info sponge, which is looking at things, just kind of creativity. I'll shower, I'll start my day, and I'll have I'll have it scheduled out before I go. So like I have gap, like there's some days I have 15 calls in a day, and then that's my schedule. Now, starting tomorrow, I'm gonna be in LA Thursday, Friday, I'm gonna be in San Diego Saturday, I'm gonna be in Vegas Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'm gonna be in LA, and then I'm gonna go to Florida. So I have to adapt. Now I still have my, depending if I'm really late into a, a shoot or something, I'll usually wake up at the same time. I'll still wake up early. I'll do my things, but it's just a different schedule. You got to be really able to adapt to different schedules when you have the life that I do in terms of travel, business, take it up opportunity. And so that's one thing, but also delegation. So I have people on my team. I can delegate different things and I know what I'm good at and what I shouldn't be doing. I really want to utilize my time wisely and batch my work. And so the projects I'm working on right now for our show, Success in Your City, we have one more or two more episodes coming out. We have three of them that are on Amazon Prime. The next one I'm so excited about, it's about my wife's story and about women empowerment. And then also what I'm doing is I'm advising and investing in companies. So I sit on advisory boards. I help companies scale through either video marketing, fundraising abilities, strategic relationships, events. And so that's one side of it. And I'm working with a lot of companies in the tech space. So we have three companies right now that I think will IPO in the next eight to 12 months. Yeah, I want to work on fun projects and it has to be a hell yes. It's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. It's got to be something I really believe in and want to work on. And I get opportunities every day. And it's almost now, it used to be five years ago, is like, shit, I was begging to get opportunities. Now 
I have to learn what to say yes and no to because if I say yes to something, I ask myself, I say yes to this, I could be saying no to something that could be a bigger opportunity. So I have to be very careful in terms of what I say yes and no to. Yes. And question on that for you, how has it been to learn to say no? Because that's been one of my biggest struggles in life that I'm still working on. You know, it's, it feels good to say no. And also the best deal makers, best negotiators, best people in business can walk away. Always be willing to walk away. And I've learned now, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And sometimes if you're not getting the deal that you feel like you should get, just walk away. And if it's meant to be, those people will give you what you want. And so that's how I look at it. Don't try to do favors for me. Like if I'm doing things that are maybe in a different way than I normally would, it's because I like somebody. So I'm really particular in my time. So how do you want to dedicate your time? So I dedicate my time with people I enjoy working with. And I'll dedicate my time that people respect me. And they don't question a fee that I charge or whatnot because they understand the value which ultimately leads to a great relationship from doing that. So be willing to walk away. Always be willing to walk away from deals. And if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. I love it. I'm going to remember that from now. <laughs> totally, totally. And now, Brendan, with your experience and, you know, where you are now, where you've been, you know, like, what would your older self tell your younger self? My older self would tell my younger self to, I guess, read the book Thick and Rich earlier. But also I would say, I would tell them, hey, figure out what you enjoy doing and what you want to do with your life and then find somebody that's already achieved it and go work with them for free. Say, hey, I'll go work for you and I, I won't charge anything. Just I want to learn from you and I'll do whatever you want me to. Sweep floors, whatever. That's knowing what I know now. I wish I would have did that a long time ago. I love that. I love that. And also too, you know, on your latest projects, like what are you up to? I mean, I know you launched your book with your wife, The Road to Success, which is super yeah. awesome. So like what's in the horizon in the next year for you? Yeah. So loving the companies I'm working on. Also two more episodes of our show coming out. I am actually about to announce an in-person event. So I'm doing a in-person event in Florida. So we're going to be in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's going to happen in October. So I'm really excited for that. So that's one of the things that I'm also working on another concept for my own show, the Brendan T. Adams show. I love it. Now, Brendan, where can everyone find you and your amazingness? Yeah, you can find me all over on social media at Brandon T. Adams. Feel free to direct message me. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you got from this uh, podcast show. And also you can text me on community. My number is 563-217-6850. That is 563-217. 217-6850. Send me a text and say, you heard me on the underdog show. I love it, Brandon. It has been such an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for your wisdom, sharing your experience. Like you're a total, total rock star. So I just want to thank you so much. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode. Oh,